Hey, Blake from Launch Notes here. Thanks so much for checking out the Launch Notes podcast. This episode features a recording of our weekly live show, Office Hours Live. We do these most Fridays. If you want to check them out live, go ahead and subscribe to the Launch Notes YouTube channel. And if you have suggestions or questions you want to see covered in a future episode, join our free Slack community, Launch Awesome, and say hi to us in there. We've got almost a thousand people from the top product teams in tech sharing the ways they're building their products and their careers. Check out Launch Awesome. You can find a link in the show notes. In the meantime, enjoy this episode. All right, guys, how we doing? Happy Friday. Happy Friday. Friday. How are you? Good to see you again, Teddy. Welcome back. (laughs) Happy St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. There we go. Oh, my God. I'm not even wearing green. I'm wearing... I got... Red on, repping for uh, NC State, playing in the NCAA yeah. tournament. You're dressed for apple picking, um, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little apple picking, little NC State support. So I got my go- right my on. Detroit. So right on. Mm-hmm. All right, let's jump in. I got this. Um, we want to talk product launch tactics. We just put this, and I'll we'll link to it in the show notes. We put this blog post together. That's a big list of product launch tactics, kind of just dumping on all the ideas we could think of. I kind of aim to just like add to this over time. So we'll kind of treat this as like a living document. But I know every time I've gone into planning a launch and like, even if you have kind of like the really, if you're doing a good job having like a pre-built launch template and you're like, okay, we're planning this launch, but I've got my, this is a tier two launch and I've got this table of all the things we're going to do. And I've got this template that tells me to, you know, do a blog and update the docs and do this and do that and do that. Even when you do that, like it does still feel like the best launches tend to kind of have that like X factor or extra thing. And some of the best like product folks and marketers I've worked with are the ones that are like, cool, like do the typical launch things, but like, what else you got? Like, what's the, what's going to be the creative extra element or like, what's the above and beyond thing that's going to make this launch stand out and not just be, Hey, we kind of did a paint by numbers launch because we followed the template and it didn't really make an impact, you know, because of that. So I've got, um, I've got some that I've tried and thought of and, you know, kind of, always come back to and have seen out in the wild. I know, I know you guys do too. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to get into this one. Yeah. Let's go through it and riff about a few of them. Before we get into that, because I know Teddy that you might want to duck a little early. Do you want to talk about like beta programs and kind of pre-launch activity from the product side? Yeah, for sure. Um, One of the things I was thinking about when this topic came up is just like, okay, what have we been doing recently? And uh, for for the last launch that we had, last big launch that we had, and for um, our next upcoming launch, uh, we're starting with early access programs. Um, And I really like this from the product perspective because it gives us an opportunity to get a little bit more testing with users that are highly engaged. And that testing can be for the messaging, for the experience, um, occasionally we'll find a bug or two, but generally we're shipping pretty good quality here. Um, and it lets us build a lot more confidence around how we want to bring it to market. At the same time, 
we are able to start generating some buzz around bringing it to market. We're able to start getting the word out that, hey, we're looking for people that are interested in this early access program. Um, and to different degrees, sometimes that might be um, privately with uh, users that we particularly think are going to be relevant for this particular feature. Um, sometimes it's just more of a broadcast. Hey, we've got something that we're excited about. Do you want to check it out? Come join us. Gives us kind of like two to three additional marketing touch points that I think can be quite valuable and can still help us to distill down what that X factor might be or what that messaging um, uh, should be in order to really engage our audience when it comes to the general availability release. What have you uh, what have you found works in terms of like actually getting customers engaged with that? Because sometimes it can be hard to like kind of get someone to commit to trying something when they don't when they can't totally see it yet, or maybe we don't actually have a thing to put in their hands. So like what, you know, tactically, how do you think about like outreach and kind of creating those early champions? Yeah, um, I've found a lot more success with uh, personally reaching out to individuals that have provided some indication of interest. So with launch notes, mm -hmm. we're able to capture mm -hmm. feedback and we're able to organize that feedback to ideas. And a lot of the time, the features we build are related to or directly coming out of those ideas. So we, we kind of have that list of people that care about the thing already available to us and ready to go. Um, with our, our mm -hmm. latest feature that we released into an early access program, it was conversations that lets us start to make those uh, outreach messages directly from the platform. But mm -hmm. I'm, I'm pretty excited about this sort of connecting of people's general interests or, or specific interests that are related to our release and um, really then testing against it. Does this meet your need? Um, will you hop on a call with me? Will you walk through the, the, um, the feature with me to see mm -hmm. how's it working for you? Will your team be excited? what what needs to change before we bring it to market yeah i think there are uh, a couple other benefits i see in that and then especially on the marketing side but like for one like i think there's just like a psychological thing where like if people feel like they're part of something early on or like on the ground floor of something they're so much more likely to be like an advocate for it um mm -hmm. and that could be even just like within their own organization like you know, especially if like they're part of a larger org or a larger account, like they're going to kind of be that much more bought into seeing through the success of that product or feature. Cause they kind of feel like they were part of the journey before everyone else was. That's, that's kind of just like a human psychology thing that seems to work. I also love the, uh, the opportunity to grab like testimonials and quotes before the launch. And then like roll that For out sure. as part of the bigger launch. Like that could be like the toughest part of, of a launch is actually like getting out with like, Hey, like here's, you know, some quotes, some, you know, testimonials, maybe even like a super light case study around how X, Y, Z person is, is using this. So, and that's something you typically would have to like wait, you know, for some adoption to kick in to get. So yeah, it's, it's an awesome, it's an awesome program. In terms of that user psychology point, um, the first point you made. There's one example that always comes to mind. It's a B2C business, but Robinhood, I think, juices every single major product release with a wait list. Oh, like yeah. They, mm -hmm. Every time something new is coming to Robinhood, you join the wait list. Mm -hmm. And they're able to build so much excitement just through, like, you know, 
sign up, yeah. get ready. Some of those things take a long time before they actually bring them out. Some are like you're on the wait list for a couple minutes and then, <laughs> you know, next yeah. thing you know, they release yeah. the feature. Um, yeah. But I remember there's, signing there's, up for their wait list for their no, high right. interest uh, uh, cash account. So they were they were bringing a um, mm. uh, high mm-hmm. interest just on your cash balance in Robinhood. Um, mm-hmm. And they were they were testing it out. It changed quite a bit before they brought it to market and so did the interest rates. So it's not quite yeah. as advantageous <laughs> now, but yeah, I, I, I imagine that they got a lot of, uh, a lot of mileage out of that wait list, out of the interest. And then when they had to make changes, they at least had some people that they could reach out to as well. There's so much with just the psychology of anticipation across the board. And it's like the thing where it's like, you know, the vacation is great, but also like the year you spend like leading up to it, thinking about it, knowing it's on your calendar, looking forward to it. Um, yeah. Anticipation is such like kind of love emotional, you know, uh, thing that you can activate that a lot of, a lot of folks miss. I know that you've, you've talked a bit about that, Steve, with like, you know, kind of pre-marketing things and doing, you know, sort of like the movie trailer for the launch before the launch. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Like you need a good couple of touch points with people leading up to something to kind of build that anticipation. And it's kind of, you know, mm-hmm. it's silly to think that everyone's going to be like a hundred percent ready to read your launch email on, you know, day zero of the launch and just expect to get a ton of adoption right then. Uh, but if you can over a couple you know, months or weeks, like plant a couple seeds ahead of time around what's coming up, build some of that anticipation. Uh, I think it, it goes a long way in terms of like get getting people to use the thing you're launching when you launch it. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. there's something. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna tie this to the next thing I wanted to talk about because this is something I'm definitely passionate about with big launches. I just saw so we used Riverside to record these to do our podcast recordings. We're all in Riverside mm-hmm. right now. I don't know if, if you guys have been to their homepage, but caught this. I was just on their homepage to sign in. And they have a, a nice like countdown. They have a sign-up field and a countdown banner on their homepage right now that's like something big is coming. Sign up to join. What does it say? I'm going to pull this Ooh. up right now. They've got the new Riverside is coming. Sign up here for the launch event. And then they have a countdown timer with days, hours, minutes, three days, 21 hours, blah, 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 seconds. Um, and then that, I assume, takes you to a page. Yeah, that literally takes you to a Google form where you can sign up and get in the, uh, get uh, yeah. registered to the event, which is so cool. And like, that, I'm so much more likely to want to do that, like uh, knowing it's three days out and kind of like being part of like a, a kind of countdown instead of just like, hey, like watch the recording of our launch. So yes. I thought that was really cool. But that brings me to something yeah. in a blog post that I care a ton about is if you have a big launch, for God's sake, put something on your homepage. And I see so many times where people go all out with some like huge launch. They activate like every marketing channel and every team. They've got ads and blog posts and video and everything going on. And who's slacking me they've got everything going on here and um you go to their homepage and it's just like business as usual and i think that's such a missed opportunity because it's like 
if you yeah. are successful in like creating buzz and conversation around your launch, like you're aiming to do, a lot of people, especially if they know their your brand, are just going to go to your homepage and like try to find it. Like if I said to you like, hey, there was a major update in Riverside today or there was like a major update on, you know, linear today, like you're either going to go right like right into the app if like you use it or you're going to like go to their homepage and be like, cool, what's new? And like so mm -hmm. many times people don't provide like and it could be just like a little link at the top of your page. Like the new thing is here. Confetti yes. emoji. Check it out. Like it could be just that little like banner bar at the very top of the page, but give people some way to go to, you know, your homepage.com and like find a path to the launch announcement. Like it sounds right. so simple, but like it's such it's such an easy thing. And so many people don't don't do it. It's like my biggest like pet peeve around a big launch. Yeah. No, that totally makes sense. And it's like another way. I mean, I, I think a lot of product marketers, especially, you know, you send you send the launch email and you expect like, hey, this is the primary way that most people are going to find out about this new thing. Sure, you probably you're, hopefully you're gonna, and we'll get to that in a bit. You'll have some like in product stuff as well. Like when most of your even your like current users are coming to use your product, like they're pro like they're probably going to go to linear.com and like click login, and there's that opportunity to see that you know, see that kind of like announcement thing before logging in. So it's like another, it's just another good way to get in front of uh, existing users too. So did, 100%. I drop, did I drop for a second there? Sorry, there we go. No, you just, what you dropped was just major, uh, major knowledge that it took a second to absorb. <laughs> good, good, good. Cool. All right. I want to ask you, uh, I want to ask you about screenshots, Steve, because I know you were in, uh, you were in our, our community. Uh, launch awesome. Check it out if you're not there yet. Um, I know you were in launch awesome talking about screenshots the other day. So give us your give us your thing on screenshots. Yeah. Okay. It's kind of hard to like talk about and describe. I think we really need like a good we need a good blog post with like some good yeah I should that do that. Blocks, but I I think God like bad visuals in launch emails is like maybe my number one like work pet peeve. It feels like a thing that's uh, it's so impactful for the amount of effort that goes into it. Not saying that they're like easy to create, but I'm saying that they are so impactful when done well um, that I'm kind of shocked at how many people kind of just like phone in the the screenshots that they include in in launch emails. Like the the biggest yeah. vendors that come to mind are like here's a here's like a screenshot of like the entire app. Uh, and, and so like, mm -hmm. you don't even know, like, you know, there's one, like 5% of yeah. the whole screenshot is like the point uh, that they're trying to make. And it's like, mm -hmm. why are we, why are we including so much detail here? I can't even read the, the thing I'm supposed to be honing in on, let alone pick out that like, this is the new thing I'm supposed to be focusing on. Um, I think that the name is half the problem too. People hear screenshot and they think just like, oh, take a screenshot, right? <laughs> like, take a shot but really screen, it's just yeah. like a good, like, you know, a composed, what you're talking about is like a well-composed product image. Um, yes. Yeah. A hundred percent. A bit. Yeah. It takes a little bit longer to say, but it is, it is the thing that you should be striving for a well-composed product image. Yeah. Um, Some companies sure. do this so well. Uh, Figma like continues to impress me with this. Slack does great work with this. Um, 
Yeah. Oh, I guess linear does linear great trick. stuff. I shared a, yeah, I shared a linear email yesterday with you and it was so good because not only was it like, it's like nicely designed. There's like this, like nice gradient background and nice, like, you know, a nice border with rounded corners and like a good color scheme. Great. Like data inside the screenshot. That's another thing that kills me when it's just like, there's dummy yeah. data or gray lines or like content inside the, you know, view that they're showing that like, doesn't make sense for what the, yeah. you know, for what the thing is that they're marketing. And it's just like, yeah, like this makes, you know, this, or even like little details around like, Hey, like the, if you show like user, you know, profile picture bubbles, like, is that like a nice well-lit photo? That's like a good profile photo of a user, or is it like a, you know, just like the blurry photo of like, you know, someone that you grab from Slack, right? Like, like it sounds stupid, but like stuff like that, like little details like that make a difference. The linear one was great because they also kind of like deconstructed, you know, the whole, the actual app and like had some like elements floating off onto the side. And it was like, okay, cool. Like I can see what these boxes here are doing. I can see that they're trying to like, address this issue here. A couple other things were like removed. Um, yeah. Like you really like, there's a kind of art to getting in and sort of curating, updating that image. Right. And it's like, right. it is the screenshot, but it's like the nicer version of it. Right. Yes. Yeah. And I think the Holy grail is like when you can do that also in like gift form too and show show like just a yeah. little bit of like motion of like, and here's like you here's using that little bit of the, of the thing that mm -hmm. I'm like trying to communicate. Yeah. When you're, I gotta when you're figure looking, go ahead, Teddy. I was just, you, you touched on something that I, I was watching a video about yesterday. And um, when you're, when you're thinking of like how to create some really engaging sort of placeholder content that, that isn't going to be showing your customer data and isn't going to be just completely falling flat. Um, the generative AI tools, so ChatGPT, Jasper, Copy AI, anything like that, um, you can you can do some pretty interesting things there with like a basic prompt. You know, I need some content about X Y Z. It needs to be mm. this long, and you can get yeah. some nice nice placeholder stuff. Or I need a list of fake emails. Uh, give me, you know, fifteen hundred fake email addresses. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because how many times is that what you need to show? Like. Oh, we've got some table view and there's email addresses going all the way from the top to the bottom of the screen. Like what the heck am I going to put in there? And you know, I've seen people do that where it's like one, two, three at example.com. And you're like, okay, you didn't really make an it's effort. That repeated <laughs> on like every row. And it just looks yeah. like, yeah, yeah. Just, yeah. just feels it. Yeah. Yeah. But no, that's a great, there's, I'm, I, yeah, I'm, a, I'm sure there's a ton of stuff because it's like that, that you could use some of the, uh, some things like chat GPT for where it's like, all right, I've got a, you know, I need a summary field, right? Like I need copy for this summary and I don't want to just like chuck some lorem ipsum in here or do the, the gray lines thing where it's like text is supposed to be here, but we're going to show you a gray line. I just always think that looks ugly. <laughs> Sorry. Maybe it can work in some, some cases, but I've never loved that. So yeah. Really? yeah. I'm very excited with what we might be able to do with GPT-4 as well, since it can uh, process yeah. images. You could even send it like a blank version and be mm. generate some placeholder content for this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I need to. Uh, it's a good call out, Steve. We need to do a blog post just about this. Maybe this and gifts, and I'll pull out a bunch of examples. And I want to find. I'm going to try to find whoever at one of these companies that like where we always we're always loving their product screenshots. I'm going to try to figure out who's like who's behind the mm -hmm. scenes working on these, and I got to get them get them on the podcast or something and, and ask how they pull it off because there's also surprisingly little content or tutorials or instructions on how to do this. Like there's not a lot of educational stuff around making a great product screenshot or product gif. So maybe we can yeah. put some of that together. Um, mm -hmm. Cool, cool, cool. We have a, uh, we have a, a couple entries here on the post around events. I think there's a couple different things companies big and small can do around events. I, I think a lot of, people think you need to be like a massive, you know, you need to be like Salesforce with your own, you know, user conference and events team and stuff to like pull off anything with like an event tied to a launch. I don't think that's the case. I think, uh, number one, there's the whole world of virtual events. So I did mm -hmm. at my last startup, I did a virtual event tied to a product launch. That was really excellent. Um, there's, easy ways to do in-person events. If you want to like bring some of your customers together, like you don't have to like rent the Moscone center and spend a million dollars. <laughs> like you can, you can get smaller spaces or you can do something in a restaurant or in, you know, a coffee shop or, you know, do a little, uh, kind of road show with smaller, you know, smaller groups at different cities, you know, across where some of your customers mm -hmm. are. There's a lot of flexibility you could have there if you just got a little creative about it with events. And then one thing, not to spill the beans on something that we're going to be doing, but I think there's a great way to tap into other like industry events, trade shows, someone else's user conference, attend it, sponsor it, get a booth, throw a party, whatever, like show up. And sort of like if there's an audience overlap there that you think is, you know, a good sort of group for your launch. I think there's a lot of ways you can engage with folks at some event where someone else is planning it. They're doing the work of bringing people to it. You just have to kind of spend the money to show up and find creative ways to like have conversations and launch your thing. Right. So I yeah. think there's all sorts of stuff with events. And it's like you don't have to be this massive company to tap into this. It's actually one of the one of the best ways to like get scrappy and creative. Yes. Yeah. I love that. Just piggy, piggybacking on bigger events that, um, lots of your customers are going to, like I can imagine, uh, maybe like a dev tool company piggybacking mm. off like AWS reinvent and, uh, running at a bar, throwing a party there as part of that. And yeah, you get, you get like the benefit of, all or you know most of your customers in one place without having to like be the be like the marquee you know name mm -hmm. that they're all reason they're all there for so it's much much more like affordable but still still something you can just piggyback off of yeah hey guys thanks for having me i got to drop off a little early but this is fun good seeing you teddy thanks for hey, jumping man. in Bye. all right let's let's hit up this blog post talk me through a couple more of these um all right, I'm going to share this. Yeah. I just share my screen here. All right, cool. Can you see this? Yes. All right, so we'll go through 
Um, I mean, we've got some of the obvious ones, blog post, launch video, cold outreach. We also reached out to a handful of folks at other mm -hmm. SaaS companies to get their ideas. We did some of this in our Launch Awesome community and some of it. Um, we yeah. just talked to folks directly and we got some ideas of things other people have tried. So there's a bunch of great examples from other founders, marketers, product leaders inside of this. I thought this yeah. one was pretty interesting. Yeah, tell me about the this. Cold, the cold outreach plan um, and basically like putting together a, uh, a kind of target account list and an outreach strategy around a launch and just been like, we're going to activate like a kind of ABM campaign against this launch. We're going to, mm. you know, we're going to cold target, you know, the following hundred or thousand people. And, you know, based on these filters or these parameters, and then we're going to try to hit them with this message and this content within this timeline. I thought this was really underrated, like as kind of marketing folks, you're always sort of end up thinking one to many, but the sort of like a one-to-one hand-to-hand combat that you can get with like direct cold outreach, great opportunity to like work together. If you've got like a sales team or an SDR team that's already yeah. doing some of this kind of stuff. Um, but a great way to have an excuse to reach out to people, like build some relationships yes. and like have an actual reason. Like, why are you in my inbox today? Like, what's the urgency behind this? What's the point of you sending me a message? And I think, if you have a significant launch, there's there's a lot of interesting stuff just around. Hey, like, you know, let's have a conversation because we just launched X. Right. You can make a very like pointed sales pitch because you have this new right. sounds like um yeah, especially like if you're launching something that's, you know, kind of some reasonably big, like net new functionality. Um, like a mm -hmm. new, you know. Um, yeah, that's really interesting. I could even see almost like um, using that in like a kind of like a poaching customers from your competitors campaign um, mm. along the lines mm -hmm. of like, hey, I, you know, I know you use company XYZ for so-and-so reason. Just wanted to like right. tell you about this, like, yeah, tell you about this whole new set of features we launched and and how like our company does like all these other things in addition to that. Um, it's like, yeah. It's, yeah. really, it's a cool like basis uh, for a conversation, I think. It, it definitely is. So I think there's definitely some potential there. Another one, so we've got this around product hunt. I kind of want to loop this into, wrap this into like a bigger sure. discussion around like communities and, you know, having, having you here to talk about community is good for this. So you've got like, this comes up a lot at launches where someone, you know, inevitably is like, we should throw this on product hunt or like I worked at a company where it was like everything had to go on product hunt. And some people are like, that's, you know, that's only for, you know, brand new startups. Like we ignore it, but you get into things like we should get on product hunt. We should get on hacker news. We just the classic thing where it's like, why aren't we at the top of hacker news today? And you're kind of just like, well, <laughs> sorry, boss. Um, we should get on product hunt. We should get on hacker news. We should, you know, we should do something on Reddit. We should do something on others. All the, you know, all these other communities too, where it's like, you could kind of activate. So this whole theme around like activating in, I would say other communities um, or like third-party communities, huge potential. I've never been able to crack it. Like I've never mm -hmm. sort of found the formula for this. Um, maybe some people have, but for me, it's, it's still in that category of like a little scary uh, because I'm not confident 
in my ability to sort of like repeat success here. Yeah. Yeah. Product hunt is tough. I think you like, um, I think after your kind of like initial product hunt launch, like it's, it's tough to launch a small, even medium sized thing on product hunt. I think it's just not at the end of the day. It's just not interesting enough. Like maybe, yeah. maybe like a, you know, like a full, not even pivot, but like, what's a good example? Like, like Riverside, probably even like the thing that they have coming up, actually. They do these, yeah. they do these like pretty huge, like, um, remember in, I don't know, mm. maybe six months a year ago, they did like a big 2.0 launch. Sounds like they're about to do a 3.0 launch. If you're doing something like mm -hmm. once a year, that's like, we have you know a massive amount of like new functionality, maybe a new like story around the company. Mm. Um, I think those can work, but yeah, I think it's, it's tough trying to have like, I don't know, repeated success there around small launches. Someone made a, yeah, a hundred percent. Someone made a good, uh, a good point in the, in our community yesterday around, um, around activating social and social like organic social is another one of those things where it's like, it's on every launch, like every launch plan I've ever seen has a row for like social media, organic social. And it's like, I don't want to call it an afterthought, but it's like a very, it becomes like a very uninspired channel for product launches. And a lot of people just like do the bare minimum or it's like, we're going to put a social post together. We're going to put a couple social posts together. And basically like how many posts and at what time and when should we link to the blog post is kind of where the creativity yes. starts and stops. Um, yes. I should find them, give them a call out, but I know, and I know, Gong has been referenced as, you know, a good example of a company that does this. Like the, the folks at Gong will have these launches and like intentionally like kind of activate from CEO all the way to, you know, the folks on the ground floor and everyone in between at that company. If there's a launch, they'll all have something they're doing about it. There's all this activity about it. And it's like a coordinated full court press, you know, a blitz on this launch that one day on social. And you just kind of feel like, man, this like new thing from Gong is everywhere. I think stuff like that is such a more like inspired, interesting way of thinking of activating social media for a launch. And a lot of companies, and like, I'm guilty of this too. Like, yeah, we, you know, we put it out on Twitter and we linked to the blog post, right? Yes. Like, yeah. So I think like 99 times out of a hundred. Yeah. It's, it's one tweet that. that it says like, we're super excited to announce the launch of blah, blah, blah. Link to blog posts. Right. It's like, that's not like we can, yeah. we can do better. Yeah. So I think that's, yeah, that's one of those sort of like on untapped channels where again, and it's like, it's kind of like, you know, it's even better in events because it can be totally free. There's like, it's all kind of like, you know, if you're, if you're a startup or if you're a sort of, you know, competitor in the shadow of someone with more resources, like that's great. Cause it can be all kind of like hustle and creativity kind of wins there. Right. It's, you know, you're not trying to outspend someone else dollar for dollar. So I just think that's yeah. super interesting. Yeah. What else Getting, do we have? Yeah. yeah. I've got, I've got a, a quick hot take. I'm going to come in 35 minutes late and then Let's do it. Takes, that's all right. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah. Um, sorry, I uh, I'm so late. It's been one of those no, days. It was um, like a it was like a perfect tag team. It's like those gifts of wrestlers tagging someone else in the ring. 
Teddy tagged yep. you on his way out. He must have seen you and thrown you a high oh, five. Oh, did Teddy, did Teddy, Teddy just pop in. out? Yeah. Perfect. No, I um, I think, so we, we launched Launch Notes on Product Hunt. And it was no my shit, first time really. doing that. I, I interviewed, yeah, I interviewed a bunch of people on how to do it because I'd never done it before. Um, and it it drove, well, a couple bots. One, it drove our first, like, I don't know, a couple hundred signups. So it did drive signups. I don't know how nice. they converted. I'm sure it was n- next to none. But like when you're when you're brand new, when you're a brand new company, brand new logo, brand new brand, like just trying to get the word out, it's a great vehicle for doing that. Um, you do have to. I was laughing because you said just throw it up on product hunt. It's like when people ask marketers, just like throw up a landing page. It's like <laughs> like how it works. Right. Um, right. It did take. I mean, it took a, a a week or two of like intense planning. The entire team was promoting it for like a 24 hour period. We, we were up all night. Like it's not an easy thing to do. Right. I will say that. Um, it drove more yeah. signups than I thought it would to this day, the unintended consequence that I, I wasn't, I wasn't expecting, but that I still noticed, which I think is interesting is the backlinks. Like it is mm. such a high authority website that just doing it and getting, getting a bunch of other people on product on the profiles that use it a lot to drop a comment, link back to your site. Like to this day, if you go look at like some of our top backlinks and just in terms of authority, there are people's product hunt profiles because they're so, it's such a high authority site. So mm-hmm. again, and just in terms of getting things going, get the wheel spinning for whatever you're doing. I, it was, yeah, it was a great, it was a great method to do that. And I also feel like sadly, it's just become not sadly, but it's good for them. It's just become like a, you kind of have to do it when you're launching something new. It's just, it, it's part yeah. of the process. It's kind of like if it's not on yeah. product, it doesn't exist. Uh, I'm sure people would disagree with that, but I feel like it's a it, it's a very um, it's mm. just kind of a must have for a new new product, new brand. And then my last my last thing is I think it's better for I think for like B two C stuff you could you could drive a lot of signups usage whatever. If it's a B two B software again, it's more of a in my mind a brand visibility play. Like you're not going to drive uh, yeah a half million dollar deal enterprise deal from a product hunt launch. Um, but mm. we, again, I, I'd have to go back and look, but we drove several hundred signups that in those few days after the product launched. So it wasn't, it wasn't nothing. It was, yeah. it was worth, worth the investment. And great point as you're getting something, like if you're standing something up from like total scratch, like you're talking about also just in terms of like, you're going to spend the next, you know, chunk of your life, like telling people about your thing, getting people to go look up your thing, building like your brands visibility and awareness people are going to go looking for your thing and it's like yeah you probably like are owning your like you can you know pretty quickly like have the top slot for your brand keyword but then like all the other junk underneath it so when people go looking for launch notes or whatever your thing is like they're going to see your url up top and if they can quickly see like hey you got some social media profiles hey there's a product a pro- that product on launch is going to show up really high on that google search too and then that's just one more thing when people go looking for you and it's like oh cool like this is you know it's just like a signal of legitimacy. It's like, oh yeah, wow, they did a product hunt launch and 300 people commented on it or whatever. It's just like yeah. one more thing if you're trying to right. raise money or get a customer or make a hire or whatever, like people can go looking and see that. And it's just another little shot of, you know, uh, visibility and authority. And, like, and validation. It's, it's, right. Yeah. It's kind of like, okay, they've done a product hunt launch. Like, yeah. It's, it's as I was saying, I feel like it's kind of a check mark. Like you got to do it, um, right? These days, 
Two, two other quick, well, one funny story. You also, have, quick, you also have to stay up all night. You have to do that thing with it too. Like you can't, <laughs> there's <laughs> that whole thing. Where it's so like, yeah, yeah, I did one of those too. And it's like, you're, or one or two of those, or it's like, you got to be there. You can't schedule it. And then you got to be responding as soon as it posts. So yep. you're up at like 3 a.m. or whatever, managing but a product. Funny story. So we were, we actually did, I'm going to pat myself on the back here with a team of like, at the time we had like four people. We actually executed phenomenally well. And we were like in the top three, like the entire day. And of course, everyone's nice. trying to get to the top spot. We were beat out. I think we got to number two. We were beat out by the Elon Musk name generator. <laughs> uh, which, yeah. This was, this was when Elon Musk had his kid and he, he named the kid like some symbol, like Prince. And uh, so you, you, there was some little app, like funny app where you could put in your name and it would like spit out what Elon Musk would have named you. And that, yeah. that came in in like, you know, the top of the ninth inning and like beat us out. And I was so bitter. But I was like, we're a legitimate company, like trying to do something. And this is a, this is a toy. It's an Elon Musk name. Yeah. But it, that's it like, us out. that is like a, that is like a classic product hunt story. <laughs> that's like an exact, yes. it's like a right down the lane for what you'd expect. Yeah. And then yeah. I, I would also say that the, the, Best thing you could do for anyone listening to this who's in, in thinking about doing product hunt, you actually, the product hunt stuff itself is great. The backlinks, again, I think are really worth it. It's good for the visibility. What you really want is to be the number one at the end of the day, because then you get put in the email list and the email yes. list, that's where the money is. Because if you get mm-hmm. sent out, I mean, that email list, I don't know how many millions or tens of millions it is, but talk about visibility, like right. you get put in their email, that's the money outcome 100%. All right, what else do you have Jake? Launch. We've we've been through we've been through the kind of ringer with about we talked event. We could we can circle back to anything too, but we talked events, we talked product screenshots, we talked communities, we talked homepage updates. What's your uh we got maybe 10 minutes here. So what's your burning launch uh tactic or pet peeve or what's your launch secret weapon? Um I wouldn't call it a secret weapon, but something that I did uh, at Atlassian a few times with with pretty good effect. It's kind of a gamble, but you know, there's only so many things you can do, and you got to start thinking outside the box. Uh, and I stole this credit to uh, Justine, uh, who was a colleague of mine there. But we um, we instead of linking back to your blog post, which everyone does, and with I don't know. I would say uh, moderate to low confidence that's really going to drive anything there or that people actually are going to read what you're doing. Instead, you guys were talking about Hacker News. What we did was we put the blog, published the blog post, posted it on Hacker News, then Im- immediately took the link to the Hacker News and put that in our launch email. So mm-hmm. there's, of course, a lot of opinions out there, depending on who you ask on like how, how to get something to rank on Hacker News. But we, we basically sent, and I think, um, they, they first one they did for this for was Bitbucket because Hacker News is a pretty developer focused community, but it was like Bitbucket launched whatever free repos or whatever it was. They posted the blog post, put that on Hacker News, and then through that link in the email, and it went out to millions of people, and it drove people back to Hacker News, and they they still people would still click through to the the site, but in that inter- intermediate step, you got a influx of traffic and clicks, which made it rank in hacker news like immediately and that worked with great with great effect and i thought was a clever was a clever thing we did and then i stole it for 
a couple things we've done on Jira. Um, so mm-hmm. something that we did that was, again, I wouldn't say it was my go-to, but it was something we did that was out of the box that worked. Um, yeah. The other one, and I'm, I'm going to steal this from uh, my, my former colleague and friend, Tammy, and I interviewed her on this and I asked her, we were talking about product launches and I asked her what her sort of go-to was. And she said, press release. We've said, got that B2B right software. Here, yeah. Do, yeah, do, uh, no, yeah, stop me if you guys have already covered this, but no, no, go for it. Like, no one, everyone thinks a press release is very old school and it is, but because of that reason, it's the, it's the classic like zig when everyone else is zagging, like do it. It does reach the wires. It drives a, a, a remarkable amount of backlinks just because it gets put on so many reputable places that it gets picked up by whatever, some Wall mm-hmm. Street Journal tech Friday roundup. Like, great, you got a backlink from Wall Street Journal. Um, and it just sort of, it, it, it's also a very official thing. It makes you look bigger than you are. If you're trying to get, again, drive validity and brand awareness, it's like, oh, they've got, when you Google, it's like, oh, they're doing some press releases. Like it makes you, mm-hmm. makes you look bigger than you are. So I've mm-hmm. always thought that was interesting. Um, and it's not something I've, I've done much in my career is, is press releases, but, uh, mm-hmm. you know, you can do it for whatever, $300 a pop at, I forget the name of the company, but then they blast it out to all the wires. So, um, that's another one that I've been thinking about. Uh, and, and sort of have it in our back pocket, even maybe for gravity, right? Like, should we do a press release? Um, just makes it look and feel bigger than than it is. So, yeah, those are two. That's that's honestly a, that's a very good one. And like folks, like you said, think of it as old school, and it kind of is. But the way, and like I've got some, you know, background in newspaper world stuff, like. There are these like, and they've been around for a long time. And a lot of these like, uh, like news wires were like almost like RSS feeds before the internet where you would have just like syndicated content coming through a feed that like newsrooms would have a subscription to and they could find press releases, right? This is what like, if you see a news write up that's from like the Associated Press or the AP or routers or something like those are just like, those aren't press releases, but those are just like, you know, they used to call them wire stories for like, news outlets all around the world could just like literally grab subscribe to these and like grab copy and like the newspaper. So, you know, if you're the Cleveland plain dealer and you only have four local stories on a random Tuesday, you could put a bunch of wire copy on page six and fill out your paper. Uh, There's a whole world of that with press releases now too. And folks are like, what am I trying to get in? You know, the New York times or something. And it's like, you're not going to like, probably not in with a press release, but what you will do is, there's this whole world of just like, and a lot of them are like kind of like automated sites you've never heard of. Some of them are shady. Some of them are more legit. Some of them involve like real humans kind of curating stories. But a lot of them are just sort of like automatically, maybe programmatically like pulling in stories and it'll be like some, you know, some website that does like daily tech roundups and you've never heard of it, but a bunch of, you know, they've been around for 15 years and they've got a bunch of links and a bunch of domain authority and they'll throw your story up. And then all of a sudden you'll open Google news or your, you know, Google alerts email the following day. And it's like 18, you know, sites, half of them are pretty high authority are suddenly like have written about your thing and, and links to it. And it's just like, wow, like, I had no idea. I think it's it's underutilized. Uh, we might we might try to do it when we launch Gravity. Um, worth the worth the ROI. I think. That would be great. The, the, yeah. A launch tactic that I saw that I thought was 
terrific, very well done, very well executed. And, and it, it was a number of things that sort of came together. You couldn't, I don't know how easily you could replicate this, um, but it was when Loom, Loom raised their Series A or Series B and Hodges was over there. And uh, what he had every, all the investors do, they picked up a couple, uh, like the co-founders of Instagram, for example, they picked up a couple like pretty high celebrity type uh, mm. folks to write checks and they used them in the announcement. And what they did was they each get each of them record a loom on why they invested in loom and then share it with their respective networks. And it was, yeah, it was like one of those, one of those things where like you got on LinkedIn that week and like it was, it showed up in my feed every single day, multiple times for a week. Um, mm-hmm. And man, again, it, it, as you're fighting for just, it's, there's so much noise out there. And as you're fighting, just get through it and have people pay attention. It's like, it's video content. Yeah. It was engaging. They're people that everyone know, um, knew they had massive followings. It was like killer idea just to get, get the word out and drive interest and, and brand awareness and I'm sure signups. But I thought that was a very clever launch tactic. Those yeah. are always my, always my favorite. Go ahead, Steve. I love that. Anytime you can like use your own product to be a part yes. of like the launch, you know, goings on, like that's so good. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember uh, you, uh, Jake, probably remember Sid from Atlassian and he was, uh, every launch I worked on with him, he was famous for like, you had to have that like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you fill out the template with all the regular stuff, but like, what's the over the top thing? What's going to be the kind of creative X factor thing? And I remember we did, uh, we did this launch and we were going to do, we were doing an incident management product. So we were going to do fire. We we're going to take fireman hats. We're doing, we're actually launching this. Oh, at I remember this. At the user conference in Barcelona. So we're going to Atlassian's Europe summit for this. And he tasked me with figuring out the fireman hats. I like priced them out. Like it was not going to work out. Like getting like 300 plastic branded firefighter hats, like <laughs> across international <laughs> waters in like three weeks. I was like, yeah, like this isn't going to work. Like we, we priced this out. It's just, it's out of budget. It's out of scope. There's no way we're going to pull off this firefighter hat thing. And it's like, yeah, who cares? We're, we're doing a thousand other things. And I just remember Sid being on, you know, Brian Slack or whatever at the time. And he's just like, man, you got to figure it out. <laughs> just like you got, <laughs> like he just did not buy it with my, uh, my very uh, sober explanation that the firefighter hats would not work. He's like, that's too bad. We really got to make these firefighter hats work. So I was like, I'm surprised that like international custom firefighter hats.com doesn't exist. I back to the drawing board and like one He's way like or a, the, a killer opportunity for someone out there. One way or the other, we pulled it out. I think I got onto the airplane with two duffel bags full of firefighter hats, like shoving them into overhead. Yeah, bits. We got them there. And yeah, it was kind of a hit at the conference and it sounds stupid, but like we had our booth and we had this stack of bright red firefighter hats and everyone would come up and be like, I want one of those hats. And we're like, okay, like, here you go. They all had the, you know, the products logo on it. And then people would put it on at the event and walk around and people go, Hey, where'd you get that fight? You know, it's kind of like winning the giant banana at the fair. And it's like, people go around and be like, where'd you win the banana? And just like water guns to, you know, two booths down. So all these people wore these hats and walked around the event and other people saw them and came and got us. And I like looked out and saw this just a like sea of firefighter hats. I was like, damn it. Sid was right. We needed the hats. 
<laughs> I don't know. I don't really have anywhere I'm going with that story, but yeah, it's, it's almost uh, as clever as doing as doing baby books. Almost, yeah, almost. It's almost as condescending as calling it a baby book. However, <laughs> we'll have something cool to talk about soon. Spoiler what alert! What should I call it? Kids book, children's book. Oh, kids <laughs> book. Calls, okay, we call it children's book a baby book. Sorry. I guess I guess I'm showing I'm showing the fact that I'm the I'm the non father in the group. I guess so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Steve, do your kids read baby father. books? No, I mostly read young adult books. So. Oh, but that's you personally. <laughs> You're one step down. Yeah. Steve has a Twilight fan fiction page that he's working working weekends <sighs> so on. Good. All right, guys, this was fun. Thanks for jumping in. Yeah. Thanks for hosting. See you guys. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Launch Notes podcast. If you enjoyed this conversation, please take 10 seconds to leave us a five-star review. Your review helps new people find the show. More importantly, it lets us know which episodes you've enjoyed the most so we can continue to find amazing guests and topics you'll love. Even if you don't typically leave podcast reviews, it would mean a ton to us if you did. We're pumped when we get new reviews. I personally read every review. I'm always sharing them with the rest of the Launch Notes team. So thank you in advance and see you next time.